This is episode number 17, the long form of Damien Fahey and I have a podcast. Yo, what is going on, everyone? I am Vinny Podestivo. You are listening to I Have a Podcast, and our guest is none other than Damien Fahey. And in this special long-form episode of IHAP, my team and I have taken the best, the funniest, the most honest, the most impactful sound bites from our interview with Damien and compiled them into one gigantic long-form extended play version of IHAP, which I am extremely proud to present to you. You know, Damien's story is one that inspires me every single day, from childhood projects of having a radio station broadcast from his own uh, garage, to being a TRL VJ, to hosting big competition shows, and currently co-EPing Family Guy. We talk about how Damien got his start, we talk about imposter syndrome, and we get a glimpse, an ear, a peek into the writer's room of Family Guy. I thought it was funny, though, as I'm thinking about, like, likes and interactions on social media, how, how many people were in the audience in TRL back in the day? Like, 100, 150 in that yeah, room? Yeah, on set? On set? Yeah, I think, I want to say I, there was a sign that I would pass that I would see, and I always thought it was, it was funny, but it was like, yeah, there was a fire code sign, and it was like, no one over six, nope, not, no amount over 60 people. And then oh, I get yeah. in the studio, and I'm like, there is clearly 175 kids here. Like, what the hell is going on? It's just like two uh, kids for every people, I guess, was the <laughs> interpretation. That's what it was. Of that yeah, role. yeah, yeah. Two kids make one adult. Yeah. It's crazy to think of TRL being like the giant show that it was with only 100 people, you know, in that room with us. When I look at social media, and if I only got 100 likes or 100 views, yeah. I would be like devastated. It's crazy yeah. to think of how the perception of content and media, the engagement, you know, you, we were so lucky. You got live, real feedback in the moment, you know, right. on that show. We it, knew it was, it was the best. I mean, and, and, and I remember when the ratings were dipping and, uh, you know, we only got like 0.7s. And so for people who don't know what that means in television, that means like 700,000 people around that, right? Yeah. And they said, we need to get back to like, you know, the days of like 1.3, which is exactly one and a half million people. And you go on like, you know, Kim Kardashian puts something on Instagram and like 43 million people, you know, like it or react to it or interact with it. So it is, I mean, it makes me sound like I'm a hundred years old when I talk about like how, how things used to be, but yeah, it's kind of wild. It's funny though, but, but that's media impressions. And then you have these like content impressions, right? Then you have what social media did is like, take those 700,000, well, because social media maybe didn't exist back when um, our show was still in a 4-3 ratio on TV, on a two-box TV, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, social media didn't exist for those tiny little pieces of content to get made from the media to get to be shared. It was more word of mouth, and that wasn't really measurable back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and now it is, and it's frightening. It's like, you know, that's crazy. Totally, totally. Um, so, so yeah. So I, I just, 
I, I had moved to a to a town, uh, a, like sort of an, an a, I, I grew up in a blue collar town. I kind of moved to an aff, a more affluent town, even though my family really wasn't affluent, but we kind of faked it. But uh, moved to a town uh, around like the age of like 12. And so that was like really weird for me. Uh, I felt like I didn't fit in. I had a hard time making friends. Uh, it was very like, you know, cool kids. Uh uncool kids. I didn't know where I fit within that. And so I think one day I just saw, um, for some reason, I was like a 13 year old kid watching. I put on C-SPAN. I, I, I have no idea why I like, you know, I was watching C-SPAN. Wait, you didn't know if you were in the cool kids group or the other kids right, group? But I was watching C-SPAN. <laughs> so it's pretty clear. I just, I guess yeah. I don't want to admit it to myself. No, no. But by right. the way, you were obviously in the cool kids because, you know, right. it's, yeah, it's, yeah. All about, it's all about the long game. So, so C-SPAN was uh, simulcasting a radio show out of New York. And I was, at first, I don't know what it was, but it was like a lightning bolt came out of the sky and like hit me. And I was like, it just... Like, I just felt like sort of like every cell in my body came alive. And I was like, that is what I want to do. And then I just like a laser beam hyper focused on on radio. And so uh, what I did was I had my mom take uh, I said, Mom, take $300 out of my savings that I've that I have in there. And I want you to drive me to Radio Shack. And I'm going to buy like a mixing board, a cassette deck, a CD player, a microphone, and I'm going to make a radio station in my room. And I did. And I did that, you know, I, I ended up adding to it, making it super elaborate. There's a, there's a photo on Instagram of like what it turned into, which looks like more, prof it looked like a professional, like more professional than like a college radio station. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, I did that for like a year and a half and I'd have friends over, we'd do fake morning shows and I'd like yell at them and send them home because they didn't like read the weather right and stuff. I was so like serious about like radio. Um, and then I kind of, I kind of like plateaued doing radio at home. And so I opened up the phone book and- <laughs> By a yeah. limited audience or- yeah, uh, right. Adver yeah. Advertising wasn't there. What were the? <laughs> I was well. There was. I was taking these giant speakers that I bought and like blasting my show out into like yes. the neighborhood, out of the window. There were playlists. Um, you played music as well. Yeah, yeah. Played okay, music. Cool. Talked over right, music. Did prank crank phone calls to like Burger yes. King, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. And then yeah. I just yeah. I just I just hit a plateau, like I said. And so what I did was. Uh, open the phone book, ask for internships or, 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 or ask for tours of the radio stations in, in Springfield, Massachusetts. When I was there, I said my plan was like, I'll ask for an internship um, while I'm on a tour. And so I booked three tours. The first two turned me down. They're like, you're you're eight years old. You cannot like we can't hire you. It's it's to be an intern here. It needs to be for college credit. And the last station, I begged them and they said, you know what? Okay, come in on Monday and sit in with the, uh, the the midday DJ. And so I did that. And so that was like, awesome, because it was the summer, I didn't have school. And so I just did that all summer, I just sat in with like the DJs, and kind of became like a fixture at the radio station. And then on Thursday nights, I'd have my dad drive me in, I, I didn't have my license. So I literally had my parents driving me to and from the radio station um, on Thursday nights, and I'd go in like the off air studio and work on my, um, my tape, like my audition tape, like talking over songs and like, you know, this is John Cicada. And now, ladies and gentlemen, seal. And, uh, and so I did that and I made this tape over the course of six months and I picked the best breaks and I slid it under the PD's door. Um, and, uh, and he gave me a call like one day and he said, uh, Hey, we have, uh, an overnight position opened. If you want this Saturday night from 12 AM to 6 AM, would you like to do it? And so I did it and I just kind of worked my way up from like doing overnights to six to 10 AM on Sundays. And then I was filling in in the afternoons on the weekends and then filling in for the full timers in uh, during the, you know, the regular Monday through Friday day parts. 
and getting better and getting better, sending my tapes to this guy in New York, this big DJ in New York and getting like critiques and stuff. And he was super nice. This guy, Dave Stewart out in New York, he's still in New York on the radio, but um, yeah, I just worked my ass off. And then, uh, and, and, and then, you know, all four years of, of high school. And then I decided, of course, you know, my, my parents like, you're going to college. And I'm like, I don't want to go to college. I just want to do radio. And they're like, you have to go to college. And so, uh, I submitted to like seven colleges. I got into one, which happened to be Northeastern in Boston. And so I said, I got to make a demo tape for whatever is the biggest station in, in Boston. And that was kiss one Oh eight. And so, uh, and so I made the tape and, and, and I sent it out and I got a call from the, the program director, John Ivy. Um, and, yeah, he he uh yeah, he kind of showed me around the the station and and then I kind of started the whole thing over again, midnight to 6 a.m., 6 to 10 a.m. on the weekends, filling in for the full-timers and just getting better and better. So that that lasted for like about 2 years, me at Kiss 108. And then I heard of um the promotions director there, new Wendy McSwain, the casting, the other uh casting person at MTV was friendly with her and she had heard that um you guys were looking for the next VJ and uh, the next rock VJ is the way it was, it was put to me. Uh And so uh, I had heard you guys had been all over the country looking for somebody. You couldn't find anybody. Uh, So you were going to hit some radio stations because Carson was from a radio station and that might, you know, I don't know, bear some fruit or whatever. Uh, So, so she said that to me and I, I was a few months prior to this, I, I had had a, one of the most humiliating experiences in my entire life, which was a, a, an audition for a local Boston television show where uh, it was called The Movie Loft, where it was like this old, it, they just would show movies. And then I'd be like in between the commercial break saying, and, that, and you know, that was Chevy Chase and Fletch and, can the, you know, the candle in the background is actually from blah, blah. And so, you know, it was like this kind of old person show, you know. But like I, I look, you know, I, I mean, you know, how I looked when I was 22, you know, 140 pounds, six foot two. Uh, yeah. So so I, I auditioned and I just remember like, you know, they said action and I they're like walk to the chair and I tripped over a carpet and uh, and then I read the lines wrong and I couldn't follow the prompter. And I just remember the guy who put my microphone on the audio guy. Um, I asked him uh I was like, boy, how, how do you think I did? You know, and he's just like, I don't think it's happening, man. And just, <laughs> as he took the <laughs> mic off and that was it. And, I, and and so I just remember that drive home on Sturrow Drive in Boston, driving back home and going, I will never allow myself to feel that again. Like that is, it was just pure and utter humiliation. I called my parents. I was like, it was, you have no idea what just happened. Uh, and so I said, I'll never, I, I want to do radio. I go, why did I do that? I go, I know I love radio. It's all I've wanted to do since I was 13. Why did I try television? And so when the MTV thing came along, it was like, I was against it. I almost didn't do it. I didn't want to be on television. And so I remember that day I went to school. It was it was on a school day. I remember this this day when you guys came to the station. And uh and I in the back of my 
history class, I sat in the back row and I just remember writing down the intros to, uh, and I, I was a rock, they want a rock VJ. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'll pretend I'm like really super into rock. And I kind of was, but I was not into POD and I was not into Creed. And those were like the but, two video you wore, intros. You wore layered shirts. So you were kind oh, of, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, had, like, you had the thermal and the t-shirt on. It's fine. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I wrote the video intros in, in the in in the back uh, of my history class, and then I remember skipping my next class because I, I drove from Northeastern in my little Geo Prism uh, back to the radio station, and and I, I I was sitting in the the lobby with the other DJs who were you know auditioning, and I remember one guy came up out of the base. You guys were in the basement, you know, mm -hmm. of the station auditioning people, and I just remember one VJ or DJ coming up out of the basement. And he was like, yeah, I think it went really well. Um, and then, uh, uh, there, you know, my name got called and I went down. And as, as that moment where I knew I wanted to do radio, the second I, you said action and I started, it felt so good and natural and great. And it just, it, it was like another lightning bolt. I was like, I have to do this. I want to do this. And I will say, and this is not me kissing your ass because this is completely 100%, you know, but one of the things that really made me comfortable in that audition and I think really loosened me up to be what you guys wanted was uh, you, I remember you were very, you were just great with like talking to me what, you know, like this is what, so reliable. And then you would, you just like laugh and crack down. up. That's and exactly I like, how I sound when you talk to me, by the way. <laughs> I don't finish any sentences. I give so you just, just like all have, the bullet points. Yeah, yeah. So just like, you know, get in there. Just we, We're looking for just basically like, you know, it's in, in, in fun, but like, but like, you know, light and, but just have fun and then we'll roll and then we'll get it. And, so anyway, and it's rock, right? Go. It's rock, right? So, uh, so, um, so yeah, so I just, I just felt great. I was like, okay, so I nailed the two video intros I felt. And then you guys threw me the improv you know, thing, which was like, okay, introduce a Shakira video. And then I just remember improvising a Shakira video and then you laughed and like, you know, and, and it was like, I don't, after that, it was just, it was this, it was just this feeling like, you know, when I get things in my head that I really want, I really go for them. And, um, and, 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 and that was just like, I just knew at that moment, that's what I, I wanted to do. And also when I left the radio station, I tell this story all the time on podcasts, uh, but when I left the radio station, you'd have to sort of drive out of the parking lot and there was a stop sign under like this overpass. And there was a car in front of me that said, had a license plate of like 5432VJ on it. And I was like, this is it. That's a That's sign. A sign. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I spent the next like, you know, month kind of just like emailing you guys twice a week. Like, Hey, what's going on? Did I get hired yet? What's okay. Can you keep me hey, posted? You be, you know, be being cool. polite, being <laughs> yeah. polite and everything, you know. Hey, did you see the new Shakira drop? <laughs> yeah, right, totally. I'm hearing rumblings of a new LinkedIn, uh, uh, some 41 song. So Yeah, right, um, right. I love that you said that you had a great experience and you mm -hmm. were ner nervous. I didn't realize you were nervous, obviously, going into it. Um, yeah. I didn't realize you either had a bad experience in casting before. Uh, I want to point out my strategy in casting has been two things. One, to have a great time. Yeah. casting like because this yeah. is my time also so like yeah. i don't care if you're good or bad let's just have the best time ever and we'll get the best possible version of it and yeah, figure I it think, out i think you literally said that to me now that you said that i think you literally said that to me before my audition and it just like 
it just opened things up. Yeah. It's so it's such an important thing for casting directors to hear. And I know it's difficult because they see 800 people in a week. So it's hard to keep like that kind of vibe. But man, that really, really does help. Yeah, but you as a casting director also create the vibe and, are, and yeah. control the vibe. So it's also yeah. I put the onus on them to um, create an environment that allows you to be able to to do that. Because um, I can't tell you how many people I've met that I wasn't able to cast who still had one of the best auditions, you know, of their career sure. with me. And I'm like, okay, I, I hear you. I'm going to get you cast on something. I owe right. you now. Cause, right, 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 um, right. But it wasn't easy, by the way. We called you into New York. Um Oh yeah, you know there was a there was a callback and an in studio thing, and there were there was, were several, yeah, yeah. It was uh, not like it happened overnight. No, not at all. I mean, it was like about a month had passed since the maybe a little bit longer since the first audition. I had been emailing you know you guys about the about the the job and everything, and I remember the day that I found out that I had forgotten to register for the next semester of classes at Northeastern because I didn't care about school. Um, I I had to call my parents and tell them, right, that I didn't register for classes. And so that was the same day that I got uh, an email from from you guys and saying, hey, we want to fly you to New York, you yeah. know, put you up, audition you, blah, blah, blah. Um, put you up at the Millennium Hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right across the street from Hardee's and Times Square. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, so uh, so I just remember, like, it was just, I don't know. I, my life has just been, like, these crazy, crazy, like, just crazy luck. And so that happened on the same day. So I called my parents, and I said, I've got good news and bad news. They were, what's the bad news? And I said, I didn't register for classes. And school is the most important thing in the world. You got to go to school. You're never going to amount to anything. What's the What's the good news? Good news is, um, you know, MTV called me back and I'm going to, they're flying me to New York to audition for, you don't need school. Who cares? Yeah. You got to get on MTV. <laughs> you got to get on spring break. Oh my God. You know, that kind of a thing. I so, do think of your dad. I, I, when I think of my time at MTV, your dad in my office is like a permanent fixture, like <laughs> us at pre-events or going yeah. someplace, your mom as well. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. They were, they were. But your yeah. dad always wearing like whatever you wore on TRL the day before, he would be. That's right. You know, eyeballing. Oh yeah. He still does that. <laughs> hey, if you have any clothes that you're tired of or don't fit anymore, send them my way. Um, but you know, the funny thing is too, is I remember getting that call and then my dad's like, okay, come home. We'll go shopping. We'll make you look like New York. <laughs> exactly. Which, uh, you know, they're living in Springfield, Massachusetts. That's no idea. Exactly. I haven't been to New York in years. Don't know what's going on in New York. So uh, we, of course, <laughs> spent $200 at Structure. Yeah, you got, giant, I think, did you get like a shell necklace or something? I got a shell necklace by the <laughs> register. It was in a big fishbowl. I got uh, a, like a like a, a, a wine, a burgundy colored like leather um oh I would describe it as like a jacket that like a uh, like a Chicago detective would, would wear in the seventies, <laughs> um, and then like this super busy shirt underneath, buttoned down, and uh, in giant square toed black shoes, dress shoes, um, and Ooh, I was off to I was off to New York, and so um, so yeah, so we I remember my you know with my parents, they drove me to New Haven train station. Uh, I was too nervous to eat that morning, but I was super nervous. My mom said, take some vitamins. You'll feel better. I took a bunch of large vitamins that morning, uh, got to the train station, said, I think I'm going to puke. And then went into the train station bathroom and puked in my $200 <laughs> structure outfit, came out. I feel, how do you feel? 
thumbs up, feel much better, get on the train, go to, <laughs> go to MTV. And I do remember, you know, it's such a, uh, one of those moments that's burned into your mind is, is, is emerging, uh, emerging out of the New York subway station in Times Square and being like, oh, holy, it was just sensory overload. It was yeah. like, whoa. And it kind of like shot through me, like the realization of like, oh, this is really happening. And so I got very, very yeah. nervous. And then I remember going to MTV and I remember going up the escalator and you were waiting for me. And uh, you go, um, I go, yeah, I'm all, you know, how are you doing? I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to be good, you know? And, uh, and you're like, well, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. Um, and you look me up and down and you go, first thing, let's get you in some new clothes. A few weeks after I was home uh, from college uh, for the weekend. And I remember getting a call on my big three pound Nokia cell phone uh, from you and you, and now I can tell the story because you know, you're not there anymore, but you yeah. called me and you said, Hey, it's Vinny from MTV. I go, Whoa, Hey, what's going on? I felt good. I was like, Oh, this is good. And uh, he goes, you go, um, I just want to let you know, you're gonna be getting a phone call in 10 minutes. The man's name is Rod Asa. He's the head of talent at MTV and he'll be offering you the job. Holy shit. That was honestly, one of the greatest moments of my wow. life. Me that too. feeling. Too. Oh my God. So yeah. And the cool. same man hired me, by the way, as well. Truly talented man who's been a pioneer in this industry and completely yes. carved out a whole new job for talent, by the way. Yeah. Talent people like me who see talent, talent people like you who are talent on and off camera, yeah. completely changed what our capabilities were and yeah. believed in us. The cool yeah. thing. And, and you know, another thing is too, is like, cause I'm, I'm 40 now, you know, I was 22 when this was all happening, but with like the perspective of time, you start to realize, you know, how much of your life, you know, is, is, was, you know, attributed to working hard and being in the right place at the right time and, and luck and everything. But you also realize that like, so much of it is not you. It's it's the people who who believe in you or who took a chance on you or saw like a shred of of something that allowed them to sort of put their ass on the line, for lack of a better term, and like in 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 and and believe in you and 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 stick their neck out and say, hey, I think this guy's gonna be. I think this might be the guy. And so and you did that. And so that is uh you know. When I look back and I go, God, what a fucking cool, crazy life I've had so far. I appreciate and, that. I didn't, um, by the way, I didn't say I think you're the guy. I, I literally said, I know you're the one. I know wow. it. And and we're going to bring him back. And there could have not been a second callback. And there could have been decisions that were made based on the fact that what they thought they wanted right. was a rock VJ. Because right. ultimately, we were looking for someone to help share the course load from Carson stepping off TRL. And if you remember, Nick Cannon was really supposed to take leadership over TRL. And when Nick came in, we, it really wasn't like the vibe we were looking for. And that's how we landed on Wild and Out. And long story short, oh, interesting. You know, TRL really was handed over to you and the gang to you know, keep running. Um, but they really did have their eyes set on a, a rock VJ. So when, when you get mm -hmm. a mandate like that from the network, you have to listen. It's like, we have to deliver. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Um, you have to give them what you want, but you also, from and you know me, but I like sharing. I like sharing this part of how I yeah. work in this podcast. Is like if I'm casting something, man, I'm up to something. Mm -hmm. I want someone in my group that I'm going to be very close with, working with, who's also probably going to be a reflection of me in the future and fight for my rights. 
mm. as a celebrity, to be able to marry who I want to marry, or mm -hmm. even to be able to be out at a, at a place where you work. Like these people that I hire, oh, man. These, you totally. guys are put in positions where totally where you can make that change happen. And I remember the first time you came in, I think that the person who um, you know ran your audition did an amazing job at trying to get that rock VJ yeah. out of you. And I remember the wardrobe change and I remember yeah. like the mold we were trying to fit into. Yeah. I also remember in the room in closed doors when we're reviewing mm -hmm. tape, the comments that are coming up and I'm looking at Caduce and La and Vanessa and Sujin and Susie and everyone who's contributing. And I'm like, I, I really think that we're, I didn't get to see, I didn't get to show you the part of Damien that I know is in mm. there. Cause I know I could be creative with that guy. That guy is oh, fun. Man. He, says yes to, he says yes to almost anything I would throw out his way, which doesn't mean he says yes to everybody. It just means he trusts me. So like, yeah. let's go in there. And I literally, I've never done that before. It's not yeah. easy. What you, it's not easy to change as, as you went on to learn on TRL, you don't just change positions and camera and lighting with a crew that no, is it takes like legit, half an hour you know? yeah and yeah, by yeah, the way yeah. like liz gately was your direct like the director of ellen <laughs> was the director of your audition tape because i remember going in and she's like patrick yeah yeah yes. liz, uh, liz patrick yeah. is yeah. yeah 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 and she's um well yeah liz patrick was a, a was a director of, of your audition yeah. tape the same director for ellen and i remember going in and she's like it's going to take like 15 20 minutes to reset this i go that's cool i need a wardrobe change anyway and Amazing. i truly think that this is what i need to make everyone see what could happen someone who was capable of writing his own words by the way you, mm. you the first thing you did when you got to mtv after getting the gig was like buddy up with the guys in trl the in trl yeah. and really showed up and you yeah. now listening to your entire story that's a big part of how i think when you look at like what's the, what's my secret sauce and how you show up right. before there's a need you show up yeah. and you say xyz um, and like, you know, I'm, we'll always be your biggest fan and, um, uh, uh, you do need people on a network level to literally put their career on the line for you. If, if yeah. you're in a position like where I was and, um, and you can, so I, I tripled down on that and made sure oh, that I happened. That. Literally couldn't, yeah. I couldn't have been happier. Um, I don't know how I felt about, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, but I was uh, yeah. broken. Was it not, yeah. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Right. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Oh, Everyone, yeah. Brian McFain did a weird show. Everyone does one. It's yeah. okay. Everyone does a weird show. Yes. It was two yeah. years into my MTV gig when um, Craig Kilborn left the Late Late Show. He was the host of it, yeah. and um, and uh, they uh, he just kind of left abruptly. I think it was over contracts or something. But um, but but CBS was in a pinch, and so um, they were just kind of having hosts in. Right, you know, Drew Carey did a week, and then uh, you know David Duchovny did a week. And then um, they got to a point where it was like they just needed to get somebody in there because they ran out of people to 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 bring in. And I had been a fan of 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 the Late Show, uh, Late Late Show with 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 Craig Kilborn. And so um, prior to all this happening, me and my writer buddy on the on the show Joel, we would before TRL, we're like 
God, this, there's this writer on the show that they put on. His name is Goldie and the, he's hilarious. And this guy, Mike Gibbons, he's the head writer. And they do, they all like, you know, and so I was like, what if we just, we're bored. We got an hour before TRL. What if we just called CBS in LA and asked to speak to Goldie? And like, we got through. And That's so funny. we kind of like became, we had started a relationship with like a couple of the late, late show writers. And then Craig Kilborn left. And then it was like, I got a phone call from, from Mike Gibbons, the head writer saying, um, hey man, you know, I remember the voicemail actually. I, I remember all these little moments, but like uh, so clearly, but I, I was walking on home on 42nd street and I was like passing this like pizza place. Uh, but I mean, in New York, there's a pizza place everywhere, but uh, well, they're, they're all, you know, <laughs> and on 42nd now, street, they're on every corner. So yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but I remember, you know, checking my voicemail uh, that I got during the show and, and it was Mike Gibbons. And he said, dude, I just sold you so hard to an 80 year old man, Peter LaSalle, who like ran what? the tonight show with Johnny yeah. Carson. And now yeah. he's like running the late, late show with, with, with Kilborn. And he goes, I think I'm going to get you a night to host this thing. Blah, blah, blah. Ended up, ended up happening. So I flew out to LA MTV. Didn't love that. Uh, yeah. flying out, you know, they flew me and Joel first class out to LA and uh i did um i did my actually i think i went solo yeah and and i did my, one night i did my first night there and i just thought there was no chance in hell i was getting this job so i was super loose had a great time just like it felt like a, it was so comfortable it was so easy and afterwards i just remember like executives came down to talk to me um you know, showrunners, all these guys were like, and it was like that dude, that was really, really good. Like, I think you might get like a full week. You should, you should do this again. And so that's good. Yeah. You're still asking the audio guys for their feedback. I like You're that. Right. I'm still they asking know. the audio guys. Yeah. Yeah. They know, yeah. right. Cause they're listening you know, they yeah, know. I was like, oh, I, well, I wasn't watching, you know, I was <laughs> yeah, you listening, know that listening to a rush album or something <laughs> uh, like all audio guys do. But, um, but yeah, it, it was like so crazy to me. And, and I remember going out with my agents that night, we kind of had this big like LA dinner and I had never been to LA before. So it was just, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, this big splash. And then I got a call a few weeks later saying, you're one of the four uh, people to come back contenders to take over full time for uh, the late, late show. And what I had heard is that, and this is enough, I remember this email from Mike Gibbons. He said, um, it's so funny, actually, before I got that, I got kind of what you got when you called me and said, there's going to be a phone call in 10 minutes. I got an email from Mike Gibbons saying, just so you know, you're going to be asked to come back, do a week. You're going to be one of four guys to do a deal. Hughley, Craig Ferguson, Michael Ian Black and you. And he goes, I just want you to know that you're coming back because a guy in our company liked you. And then he wrote like, you know, big, like big space. David Letterman. And I was like, holy shit. And honestly, that, yes, that Who's is up? one of, that is one of the greatest. I mean, I, my, you know, my, my legs have goosebumps right now just cause I'm, you know, David Letterman is my, my idol. You're like, I've um, been down the block from the guy all this time. He never looked my way. Finally. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. So, um, so I went back and I did a week and, and I was just not as loose and not as, uh, I still did a really good job uh, enough so that people thought I was going to get it. And I remember Andy, Andy Samberg came to TRL years later um, and he said, Hey, you're the guy who did the late, late show. He goes, you know, it's so funny. Me, I was sitting around me and like, the other, you know, Lonely Island guys. Uh, and we were all watching everyone and we were like, this kid's going to fucking get this. This is incredible. He's really good. 
And I just thought that was really, really cool. I thought you did a great job. And like, there's not a lot of people who can do step into that. And I, I mean, with some late shows, I, I, I record almost all of the late shows if the name Jimmy is in it. But if the name Seth oh, is Oh, you're in recording it, a lot of late shows then. <laughs> yeah, I'm recording like all of them. And the, yeah. yeah. Um, I just basically watched like the, I like the performances at the end. And yeah. I look for the games. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, of, but you know. Do you it, thumb through the late shows and. You know, it's it late late show, late night television has changed so much now that I'm really like I don't even really watch it that much anymore. Um, but I remember uh, because you know now I'm a Family Guy writer, and sometimes I go, "How the fuck am I here? How did I become a Family Guy writer? A writer? I was a host." But when you when you, when I tell these stories, you know about like the Late Show in in MTV, where I actually aspired to be a writer and became a TRL, a writer on TRL. Um, I I went to the Late Show and I brought with me um a st- like a, a a notebook full of like ideas and pitches and and games to play and this was before fallon did games and this is yeah. before blah, blah blah and one of the yeah i remember like you know doing like are they elderly based on their shoes and so we had to go and like you know i can only imagine like an mtv list of creative the amazing ideas yes. you must have got you know <laughs> right so like we went to the grove you know and like uh-huh. and filmed people's shoes and then like panned up to see if they were elderly <laughs> or not and people loved it and so that was apparently like the bit that david letterman kind of like that turned david letterman on me he was like i like yeah. that that's a cool are they elderly based on their shoes i like that bit so uh <laughs> so yeah so yeah so it's like when i think about like how the fuck am i a writer it's like oh wait i've kind of always been writing. i've always been thinking of ideas and always kind of writing you know not at the yeah, level it, i'm at now but you know it, it makes so much sense to me that you are doing what you're doing now because of your point of view into pop culture the way you process it the way also you participated in it i'm a big shout out to Joey yeah. Batone and Aton and everyone else yeah. is part of our, our TNT oh, Tuesday man. nights and the legendary yeah. New York City nightlife world. This this was like, you know, I'd been writing jokes on Twitter for 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 years. Oh, uh, yes. I, I was out of work after I'm a celebrity get me out of here for about a year and a half. And I was bored. And I said, uh, I'm just going to commit to writing a joke a day. It was my New Year's resolution back in blah, 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 you know, 2011 or whatever. And uh, and I said, I'm going to write a joke a day on twitter because i that at that point twitter was jokes and it wasn't like you know whatever the hell it is now yeah, I'm not even on it anymore. yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's horrible you're definitely um, my funniest friend alisa kasmer is pretty funny also but oh, you're cool. definitely like my funniest friend on twitter oh, cool so <laughs> so i got yeah so i i ended up kind of just exercising that muscle over and over and over and i got better and better and then seth followed me and started retweeting me invited me to like his christmas party and his birthday party and then all of a sudden i got a call from my manager one day and it was like seth wants you to uh to right for the next season of, of family guy and it was just what oh my god and and by the way goldie who was at the late late show was now at family guy so it was like oh you know i had someone to be like he's a good he's good he's you'll like him he's a good guy he's funny give yeah, him a someone behind closed doors who's gonna yeah, make sure so, you got your space yes. to do you so when yeah. i talk about these people you know like I, like you before who believe in you and think that there's something there and even if not fully formed these are the people that like you know you got to give credit to because it, it it probably wouldn't have happened without them um it wouldn't have happened without me tweeting every day too but also you know yeah and, and so i was full-time radio at that time and it was it was it was really really a tough i mean it wasn't a tough choice but it was a scary choice to leave radio something i've done since i was 13 something steady to try a completely different career um in, in writing comedy. I didn't think, I didn't know if I could do it. I had never written. I got actually in the, in the, in the meeting when I met the showrunners, they said, Seth really likes you. He thinks you're super funny and uh, we'd love to ha- bring you aboard. And I said, guys, 
just so you know. I want to make this clear. I have n- I have only written jokes on Twitter. I have never written <laughs> on television. I have never written a script. I don't understand how story works. You're hiring someone who doesn't know what they're doing. And I just remember uh, Rich Appel, who's, uh, who was the showrunner, still is the showrunner. Uh, and, ne- and I'll never forget, like, and there's another one of those people who, like, kind of, like, believes in you, right? And so you got to give him credit. And so he said, um, you, can, you can teach story. You can't teach someone how to be funny. And so I've always remembered that. And I've always kept that actually in, in my head going through advice. going through moments of, of, of Family Guy where I'm like, you know, self-doubt and everything. You, know, you can teach, even having trouble with story, which I did for a long time. And, and, and story's tough. I still, you know, have trouble with it sometimes. But, um, but yeah, I always kept that in mind. You can, you can teach story, but you can't teach someone how to be funny. So, yeah. So, um, and so I got hired. And, I, and, and, yeah, it didn't work. My self-sabotage, like... Where I was like, oh, my God, please kick me out of this office and send me home so I don't have to, like, you know, <laughs> make this decision by myself. Wait, do you remember, like, your first joke that made it? Like, how does it work? Do you, like, write a yeah. joke or do you write the full entire So, So what will happen episode. is, is it, uh, a writer will go off and write a, a writer's draft. And we have uh, – they'll bring it in and they'll – And is that who gets the that... writer credit at the end? Is, like, yes. that person who starts this draft, the outline of the episode? Is that exactly. what that Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I saw your name on screen. I saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I know. It's still still super. Oh, my God. No, him. No, really. Pause the cap. Pause the TV. Pause it. Let me take a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Yeah, that's my mom. I get those all the time from my mom. yeah, oh, good. So, I'll start so, texting her mine. That's fun. Yeah, you That's guys what, can just text. I'll do that. I'll my credit I'll back out. and forth. <laughs> Thank you. Um, leave me out of it, please. Um, yeah, so so a writer will go off and write a draft, and then we'll rewrite the draft. And there'll be three rooms working on the on different areas. You know, one room's working on a cutaway. One room's working on the end of Act Two, the joke at the end of Act Two, and then the main room is typically going through line by line and replacing what they think could be punched up. So um, oh, cool. so yeah, I believe I, I was just thrown in my first day. Cool process. Into, to a cutaway room. Yeah, it's it's a well And what's a cutaway? Machine. What does that mean? Is that so like cutaway what is like at when, the very end? Yeah, like when Peter's mad and he's like, I'm angrier than, you know, that time John Travolta, you know, flew his plane to blah 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 oh, or whatever yeah. it is. So it's yeah, like that all kind those, of thing. Like random yeah, non like, sequiturs. Yeah. Yeah. So those are in and typically those can those can Full tend to be pop culture, you know? Yeah. And so that's yeah. where I'm like, ooh, okay. And so so yeah. So I think Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's like Kenny G and a blah blah Valentine's Day. Totally, totally. Yeah, if Kenny G played the, you know, harmonica, whatever it is. Um, so, uh, and then Geico stole, you know, that idea. And now it's all yeah. commercials and everything. So. Inspired by. It's nice. Yeah, to inspired by. Yeah, yeah. To be so talented that so many people should feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. So when you wrote your episode, what, where do you pull the story from? Where do you pull, how did you land on what, does it get, a, do you get to come up with like the title of the episode? Is that? It, it's such a it it's such a it's such a um communal process like the, cool. the script is the best a lot of the, of the jokes yeah it's the, it's the best and so my first episode i didn't come up with you know any of the story it was kind of assigned to me and so there was an a story and a b story um and uh and that's then, great you know, to know but that's even yeah. great to know that you get that much direction this is yeah. what's going to happen now yeah. make it happen yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then and then, you know, you do this thing called the gag pass where you take the outline into the into a writer's room and you have about five or six other writers uh, going through each scene, pitching on, hey, guys, I think I need a joke here when Peter opens the fridge and finds blah, blah, blah. You know, so that we have 
you go off with like 30 pages of of jokes you know so at yeah. least you have like a little bit of a starting point you know um because they're incredibly difficult scripts to write and they're so joke heavy it's about a joke every other line yeah um, is it like a room full of post-it notes and index cards is everything digital it's, like it's, how do you it, organize it yeah so when we talk in the room when writers talk in the room we have the we have people called i almost said we have these things called writer's assistants they're people um by the way they're like you know go to harvard and like they're very like smart talented capable people and now uh they end up a lot of them get up getting uh uh, end up writing on on the show because they're so funny and so and so good um but they sit and they just their job is just to write down every pitch that gets pitched in the room oh cool so you're not even slowed down by having to write the words down yourself you just get to no most of the job is creatively writing in it right yeah yeah most of the job is not writing the most of the job is 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 pitching in the moment and being able to like kind of improv and stuff um and yeah it's just kind of uh it's fun it's it's super fun and that's what we do every single day it's like that's a cool process though yeah come up with jokes super what's quick. the lead and time from because you're it's a very we, relevant we, show so yeah we get i mean we if i if i started an episode if i started writing an episode today it wouldn't go on the air for about a year or so later so because it <laughs> takes a long time to animate um so but we can drop in the cool thing is we can drop in pull out cutaways and drop in more recent cutaways you can like drop in like in the... relevant comments and... yeah like if there's yeah. like a um i'm trying to think of something like a news all i can think about in the news is 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 matt gates and and that's a horribly awful mm-hmm. story that we brought that's you wouldn't want to joke about uh but uh but yeah we put like you know we pull out the... i know I'm like let's talk about the capital let's talk about like, these horrible yeah it's like well man. what news is joke <laughs> what can we go days? to could britney spears oh yeah let's talk about well, britney you know, harris the, the there big we go. ship the big ship <laughs> yeah the big stuck. ship that's great the big idea. ship that then so we can put the big ship in there you know and pull out the other whatever i had in my draft so we can we're able to do that because you can animate those pretty quickly that's super cool i've always wondered the lead time versus i mean because it is something will happen next week and it'll be in literally what's interesting we had that you remember when trump the billy bush audio on Mm -hmm. uh uh, access hollywood yeah of course we got a call like hey seth wants to do um something with that you know and so we had a couple rooms working on that and that was easy because there was nothing to animate it was just the video and then uh trump's audio and then you'd have peter talking over billy bush's audio with like the jokes and so we did that in a room and then that i think that took a week to like you know to chiron and everything and cool yeah and then that was it so we are able to kind of act quickly when when we need to and you understand the process of animation as well in the, because it's just I, I, happening around you. So like you see. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like, do. I kind of cool. do. I don't I actually would love to know more about it, but I'm afraid to talk to anybody at work because I feel like I'm bothering them. Uh, all the animators well, so are so busy. Everything you do so. turns into something more and and it's and, and, and it stays. It's not like a one hit thing that goes away. And like, oh, it's super thanks. cool to hear the hard work you've put into it. But like the you know the immediate return and i love that you've acknowledged these people who um you know it, it takes it takes a village and it takes a community yeah. for sure but there's definitely yeah. a couple of people who who do need to stop yeah. time to make people listen every once in a while and um yeah and like i said that comes with i think with age and with just perspective looking back you yeah, know but when you're, you're leading with value you're you're not yeah. asking people to do things for you you're showing up with a reel with a tape as a 13 year old right i started right. in tv when i was 15 i wanted to be an engineer in the studio i learned how to take two vcrs together and yeah. edit them it's that skill set yeah. that impressed rod asa in 1998 when i got to mtv because yeah. 
by the way, Rod didn't need a casting director. He needed someone who could support his casting and make right. his visions, you know? Right. So like I was good at the technology piece, the camera yeah. piece, the presentation piece to it. And I learned yeah. casting from, um, from him. But I, um, I DVR Family Guy because I just love seeing your name on my TV. Oh, thanks. And I'm thanks. just so proud of you and everything oh, you've done. You. And um, I love it. By the way, that's cool to hear the about the writing piece. Did the, did the and I don't figure out if I want to keep this in. I know we're pressed. Did yeah. I'm just curious. Did did what your experience in writing influence at all, Grace? Because Gracie ended up getting yeah. writing and then creating her own piece, and then yeah. that led to more writing. There's a scene She's, where she yeah. had an idea. She had to show up. She had to create. And yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's incredible. I mean, she is, I'm, you know, I'm, I know she's going to be like, you're going to see her, you know, nominated for an Emmy or something. She's just, the, she's the, one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Um, she holds herself extremely accountable, which is awesome. And, you know, she told me, she's like, I don't think I'm going to write a pilot. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to write it about, you know, growing up in Williamsburg and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'll read it. You know, I'm happy to read it. And and she finished it. And I just remember being, she's like, hey, you want to read it? And, they, and when someone asks you to read a pilot, especially someone who hasn't written a pilot before, you're like, oh, my God, this is, yeah. you know, this is going to be a little embarrassing. And I read it and I was just like, like I'm not wow. sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> and no, I'm not lying either. So we got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was just great. And I was like, this is really, really good. I go, there's a few things maybe I'd, I'd change, but yeah, I mean, she just does her research, executes, cool. and then goes right after it. And it's really, it's inspiring. She actually kicks, she's kept me on track and been like, where I'm like, oh, I got to like not sit back and like. Yeah, she keeps me on track coast. too. At MTV, she'd be like, where are we at with booking? I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to put up feelers. She goes, oh. yep. we, get, we need oh, some say karaoke judges. We got to lock those down. <laughs> right. Where's <laughs> the panga? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I got my quick, I got my quick list. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, well, give her, send her my love, and I can't wait to get out to the West Coast to get to see you guys. And, uh, I'd love to see it. Um, thank you so much for this. Thank you. You know, this is the closest I've come to crying during a podcast. So just, you know, thank you so much for that. <laughs> that's cool, David Letterman, though, huh? Wow. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, that's just, Vinny Potestivo you know, and David Letterman. Oof. How about that? Is that? Like, Put that on your resume. It that's already is company. on your resume. I appreciate it. Put it in your yeah, right. That's so right. cool. I'm so proud of you. I think it's so neat. You, oh, you so. we created it. We figured it out. We figured it out. We had no clue what we were doing. We just knew we needed to do something. And yeah. We showed up, and and also yeah. we used the New York City nightlife to make relationships with talent that yeah. labels and managers didn't want MTV to have. That gave mm -hmm. us an edge that was mm -hmm. killer in pop culture. So. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about knowing that you have this super skill of being hyper organized and being able to write on a serialized thing. It just means there's more to come. So I'm waiting for oh, your JJ so Abrams collaboration. I'm waiting for the Spielberg <laughs> collabo. Oh yeah, there you go. Write me in the script, please. I do show up. <laughs> of course. No, I know um, you do. <laughs> I love you so much. And thank you for this. Love you, man. Thank you so much, Ben. You've been listening to I Have a Podcast with Vinny Podestivo. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please find us at IHaveAPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week.